Hallelujah. I guess it's going to be a series. It always starts with one. We'll see what God goes next week. But on today, amen, God has given me the title Mission Mode. Hallelujah. Mission Mode. Lord, I thank you. Amen. I give honor to my wife on today. Amen. To minister to each and every one of you. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for his spirit. Amen. I thank God for his spirit on today. Amen. Uh, God has given me the title Mission Mode. Mission Mode. Amen. Um, and I'm so glad that the ones that, that, that those of you that are here are here. So this word is for y'all. Amen. And like I often do in this little bitty church, I'm going to call your name. Amen. When I get to the part about you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when I when I first got the title, Hallelujah! When I first got the title, Amen. Y'all know some love for the brain of journalism. Amen. Amen. When I first got the title, God was speaking it speaking to me, and He said that He wants me to make sure that I understand the assignment. He wants me to make sure that I understand. The assignment. And I want y'all to know that the title does not suggest a grind mentality. That's not what this sermon is about. That's not what this series is going to be about. It's not a, a grind mentality. And I say that because it seems like in Bible study, we have been, all of us have been learning that grinding ain't the way. Amen. That just working, working, working ain't the way. Whether God have to sit us down with our hand. Hallelujah. Whether he have to transition our job. Amen. Whether he allows us to get sick or have to take care of family. Amen. In order to refocus. Amen. He's telling us today. Amen. I really need you to remember the mission. And I think some of us really never got a hold on or learned what the mission really is. And that's what this series is going to be about. Amen. And so as we go through this life, the challenge is, the challenge is remembering. And that's another thing that God has continued to bring out in Bible study. He wants us to continue to remember what he has already done. And it's when we fail to remember, amen, that we swerve off course. Right? God says that serving him is not a grind. Serving him is not a grind. God says, don't just include me in your stuff. Amen. Make it all about me. Right? Don't just throw him a bone. Don't just include him. Make it about him. Amen. That's the mission. Often what happens in our life is, in addition, in addition to not remembering, hallelujah, in addition to not remembering what God has done, Pain makes us forget the mission. Amen. We get so wrapped up in trying to escape stuff that we forget the walk that we were on with Christ when we first met him. 
But what I love about him is he's so patient and merciful while we taking all these detours and these opposite routes and forgetting what he's called us to do. He's patiently waiting on us. Amen. He's patiently waiting on us and he's and he's merciful and he's drawing us back. And so on today, I'm going to I'm a I'm a I can't tell the whole story of Peter. Amen. But if, if you know anything about him, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Amen. Of how you can forget the mission, how you can be on fire for God. Amen. But then when the pain comes, when the suffering comes, amen. You forget the mission and you deny them. Amen. But God is so faithful to bring you back. Amen. And help you remember, amen, what you were called to do. So I'm starting in Matthew 28, verses 69 through 75. And y'all can, y'all can remain seated. But the word says, now Peter sat without the palace. And a damsel came unto him, saying, thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. So what's happening in these verses is, Jesus has been captured and they are getting ready to crucify him. And all his disciples are scattered. And Jesus goes to the palace where they have taken, I mean, Peter goes to the palace where they have taken Jesus and he's kind of just watching what's getting ready to happen. And a woman recognized him and says, hey, when you with Jesus? But the 70th verse tells us, but he denied before them all saying, I know not what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. And when he was gone out to the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there that this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he began to deny with the oath. He started saying, oh, God, I don't know this man. I don't know what y'all talking about. That's what it means to deny with the oath. Depending on what version you read, it says that he begins to curse and swear, right? He says, oh, God, I promise y'all, I don't know this man. I do not know him. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said unto Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. The word says that then he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cop crowed. Amen. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, before the clock crows, thou shalt deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now I want y'all to understand that Peter knew Jesus. And that's the thing that I need y'all to understand that when you come to church, it is often us, it is often Christians or so-called Christians who know Jesus, but we steady deny him, and we don't even realize that we're doing it. A half-hearted denial of Christ is still a denial. Many of us would say we claim Christ today, but is that true? If you really claim him, why aren't you in mission mode? Why aren't you in mission mode? Do you share Christ in a way that make people want to know him? Right? I told y'all God does not want to be included in your stuff. He wanted to be about him. We share Christ as a secondary option. Let me tell you about me and my stuff. And then I'll tell you about Jesus. 
Amen. Right? Lord, I thank you. Do you share Christ in the way that makes people want to know him? Right? It's more than inviting people to church. It's more than saying to a person, you need to talk to my pastor. Do you share that he is the Lord of your life, not the Lord of your pastor's life? Right? When you're talking about Jesus, do they associate him with you? Right? Don't say, I want you to come to my church and hear about Jesus. The first time they hear about him should be through you, and then they should say, I want to go to your church. Lord, I thank you. When you're living like that, you're in mission mode. You're drawing people to Christ. You're lifting him up so that others may be drawn without even trying. Lord, I thank you. Do you share him in a way that says he's Lord of your life? And then on top of that, do you live in a way? Do you live in a way that people understand is real? When was the last time you actually talked about Jesus to someone, right? You, the last time you actually talked to somebody about Jesus and told them that he's the Savior of the world. Not mentioning God in a passive phrase, God is good. It wasn't nobody but God. But talk to them about him actually being the Savior of the world. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Lord, I thank you. Have you forgotten the mission? When we first meet Christ, we go into grind mode. It becomes about proving something, right? Working hard, making a name, letting everybody know you say, fighting back, calling out sin, standing up, being tough. I remember when I first got saved, I was calling out everybody in my family. Right? Amen. One of the reasons that I that that that, that I'm a bear treads and all of these people are around me because when I went to work, I'm like, I'm gonna make disciples. <laughs> And I might have went about like I like and, and I, like yeah. I thank God because He can even use us when we just yeah, yeah. We, we 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 working in our own might. But He like oh like you don't even really understand what you really trying to do do yet, right? You just sharing the gospel, yeah, but yeah. along the way He teaches that once you share it, then you got to walk out with a person. You got to walk with them from the time they in the ninth grade to the time they get in their thirties. Amen. You got to walk with them by the time they're in the 11th grade to the time they get in their 30s Amen. and they had their own baby. Amen. I woke up this morning, God, I said, I'm thankful. I said, I done baptized. I said, I done married. I done buried. I done christened. I done let folks stay in my home. I done, give, I done fed. I have gave money, right? It's not just I'm using the name. The mission. Jesus is constantly trying to get the disciples to understand the mission. It starts in John 13 when he's telling them about washing feet. He's trying to wash feet and they like, Peter, like, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus say, if I can't wash your feet, you can't be one of mine. You don't belong to me. And that whole example, that chapter is about servitude. 
God wanted them to understand they were to serve those who accepted the gospel. And it's so hard to serve these days because people don't really accept the gospel. Do, do, do. What is the gospel? That ain't no trick question. What is the gospel? The good news that Jesus did what though? That he died for your sins. That you might not die and go to hell. But so many people don't think that nothing is wrong. We out here in grind mode like we got time. We out here in grind mode instead of mission mode. What are you working towards? None of the, none of the wealth or whatever you get, can you, you can't take it with you. What, are you. what are you working towards? If you ain't in mission mode, you waste the time. If you ain't in mission mode with them basketball players, coach, coaches, if you ain't in mission mode, teachers. If you ain't in mission mode, parents. If you ain't in mission mode, siblings. If you ain't in mission mode, spouses. You wasting time. Lord, I thank you. In John thirteen verses thirty four and thirty five, which I read, which I read to you already. Jesus says, I give a new commandment unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, men shall know that you are my disciples. I got a question for y'all. Do y'all love me more than y'all love yourself? That's how Jesus loves. I'm going to say that again because I don't really think that's that sank in. Do y'all love me, Pastor Jonathan Johnson? More than you love yourself. Ooh. Ooh. The gospel is something serious. That's a foreign concept. It's scary how selfish we are. We can't get past the thought. What you mean, love you more than I love myself? What, what, that like, what you mean? Like, I got, I can't, you know, the world tell you. You can't love other people till you love yourself. I got to learn how to love myself first. I got to learn how to love myself first. Jesus. We can't get past the thought of people hurting me. You, you, you can't love me more than you love yourself because you believe I'm going to let you down. You believe that I'm going to fail. You believe that I, I might get over on you. You believe that if you love me more and I don't return it, then you losing out. How you thank God for you? And he love us anyway, and we betray him. He love us more. We don't get the same thing in return Let he loves us anyway. But the reason we don't love other people like that is because we afraid we ain't going to get it back. We can't get past the thought of people hurting us, of people doing evil, of being betrayed, right? Or not just getting ourselves due, right? Uh, selfish behavior is a denial of Christ. Say that again. Selfish behavior is a denial of Christ. Why? Because Jesus was selfless. If you want to be like Jesus, right, the word tells you to think more highly of others than you do yourself. I'm not making this stuff up. Yes, I know what I'm saying is hard, but this is the gospel. 
I want y'all to imagine what type of world it would be if you loved others, if everybody yeah. loved others more than they love themselves. Think about that now. What type of world would we be? If I care so much about Janelle, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that he succeeds. Even if that means I got to sacrifice my time. Even if that means I got to sacrifice some money. Even if that means I got to stay up all night with him. Right? Why would I do such a crazy thing? Because I know my wife is going to love me more than she loves herself. And she's able to do that because Esso is loving her more than Esso loves herself. But Esso don't have to worry because Trez is loving her more than he loves himself. And Marcus got Trez back. And Marcus is loving Trez more than Trez loves himself. Imagine what the world would be like if we actually lived the word. I'm not talking about being a doormat. Right. But many of us have the attitude that I got something better to do with my time than to love you. I got something better to do with my time than to show up for you. I got this on my calendar. Lord, I thank you. Right. I got something better to do with my time. Eternity is a long time. Your temporary grind might cost you your heavenly ground. Your temporary time, your temporary grind, them temporary things that you're working on might cost you your time in eternity. Lord, I thank you. So many passages in the Bible talk about service. And when I say service, I'm talking about work. It's the parable of the talents. Right? God gives us something, and the lazy servant did what with his talent? He buried it. The others did something with it. He went into mission mode. I'm going to use this gift. Right? Lord, I thank you. We think we are on this higher standard that we are good enough, that our grind is good enough, and it has us close to God. When we read about Peter in John 13, the word says Peter is, I mean, all of these things are happening, and Jesus is telling them, like, I'm about to go away. I'm about to, I'm about to do what I, I'm in mission mode. And I'm getting ready to do what the Father called me to do. Right? He says, I'm getting ready to go somewhere that y'all can't go. Peter says, Simon, this is this is verse 36 in the 13th chapter of John. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where you going? <laughs> Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. See, so we always living in the now. We think we ready now. We think we already arrived now. We think we good enough now. And Jesus is like, you can't, what I'm getting ready to do, this word that I'm preaching to y'all today, telling y'all y'all need to live out, this some hard stuff. This some hard stuff. This, this, this is me. This ain't me. But Peter thought he was ready. Right? Jesus said, you can't go now, but you're going to go afterwards. He said, you don't really understand what I'm saying right now, but you're going to understand it later. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I go with you now? I'll lay down my life for you. I got, I got you. Right? I'll lay down my life for you, Jesus. Jesus answered him, will I lay down thy life for my sake? Will you really? Will you really? 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, the, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times. I started with that for a reason. There's certain points in our life where we just like we just out here. When the going is good, we bold, like, yes, I got it. I mean, you in grind mode, everything gonna go your way. And you just you just out here making it happen. Amen. But when you see them carry Jesus off and he's getting beat and spit on, Peter began to swear, Oh God, I don't know this man. We don't want no part of that. We don't want no part of the life that's going to cause us to come, come in contact with danger. We don't want no part of the life that's going to cause us to maybe put, put your dream on hold for a couple of years. We don't want no part of, of, of the part where somebody else get to go first. Somebody else get to get blessed first. We don't want no parts of that. But my Bible say, the first shall be what? And the last shall be what? Come on now. Always trying to go first, gonna have you going last, really. Because if everything, when you in Grimo, all that stuff that you get, amen. You you ever got some money, and then as soon as you get some money, your car tail up, <laughs> or your washing machine go out, and you like, <laughs> you can't hold on to it. You can't hold on to it when you are always trying to go first. Peter is in grind mode, but Jesus knows us so well. He senses the realness in us. He knows where our hearts really lie. In Matthew 16, 13 through 17, Jesus appears to his disciples. And this is after. No, well, let me let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. In these verses, amen, in these verses, God asked his disciples a question. Who do men say that I am? The 14th verse says, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom do you say that I am? And that's the thing. When somebody asks you that question, you can't say, well, pastor say Jesus is this. You can't say, well, grandmama say Jesus is this. You have to know for yourself who Jesus is. Peter knew who Jesus was, but when the pain and suffering came, he forgot the mission. He forgot the lessons. He forgot the prayers. He forgot the prophecies, right? All the grind and dedication appeared when his life was threatened. It's crazy. How when we in a bad spot, we remember God. Things start going good, we forget God. When things start looking bad, we try to run from God. But when we get back in it, then we call on God again. <laughs> Peter knew who Jesus was, but when the pain and suffering came, he forgot the mission. All the stuff he had been doing left while Christ, right? Right, imagine how Peter was, Peter was like, Peter was the one, I'm going to walk on water. Peter was like, I'm going to cut your ear off. Peter was the one like, I'm, I'm ride or die for you, Jesus. If the sun pop off, I'm going to be the first one to swing. I'm not going to let you get me like, that That was Peter. Right, but it was 
was amazing to me that when Jesus was really in danger, in all them other situations, in all them other situations, Jesus was fine. Right? But when he was getting ready to get crucified, when he was getting ready to do the work of the gospel, when he was getting ready to fulfill his mission, that's when Peter turned his back and denied him. Lord, I thank you. John 21, and I'm almost done. John 21, verses 14 through 19. This is the goodness of God. This is what it means to be in mission mode. John 21, 14 through 19. And it reads, now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples. After he was risen from the dead. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? So in these verses, Peter has denied Christ. So Peter had, before this, Peter has denied Christ. Right? He's buried. The, the, the disciples are scattered. Right? They don't know what they're going to do. Jesus shows himself to the disciples two more times before this. And what I'm reading to you now is the third time that he shows himself to the disciples. And they are eating. And Jesus asks Peter a question. And he says, Peter, do you love me more than all these other disciples? And Peter says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus says to Peter, feed my lamb. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Be my sheep. Right? He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you. I want y'all to catch this. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, When thou was young, thou girdest thyself. That means you like you pull your pants up. Get ready, like you grind mode. Please try me. Right? You like, you ready. Jesus says, I tell you the truth that when you were young, right? When you were young, you girded thyself and walkest whither thou would. You went wherever you want, you did what you want to do. You was Peter, you telling folks, like you just out here, right? Cutting off ears and walking on water. You just grind mode, ready to go. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou would not. What? Can you tell me first? <laughs> what are you saying? He say when you get old, right? Somebody else gonna have to carry you. Because you're gonna spend your whole life 
remembering the mission. You ain't going to be able to move like you used to move when you were young. And you're going to have to lay down your life feeding the sheep. This race is not about you. This race is not about what you can do in your own power. Eventually, you're going to get old, right? And somebody is going to have to love you and care for you with the love of Christ. If you don't spend time cultivating a community of people, if you don't spend time feeding the sheep now, who's going to feed you when you need to be fed? If you don't teach your children how to love like Jesus, they're going to stick you somewhere and forget about you because you didn't treat them right. They say when you was old, you had all that energy, but there's going to come a time when you can't grind no more, when you can't work no more, when you can't get up and go no more, and somebody going to have to take over. I remember toward the end of Pastor Carter's life when she could not see, when her feet were swollen, when her husband and her husband had what leukemia or cancer, and she was coming to work. I mean, coming to church. Where it was work for her every Sunday, not missing a Sunday, right? Still laying hands, still singing, still praising. And who else, the Lord knows what else she had going on in her life. Amen. And I remember, I didn't understand it then, but it seemed like at, at, toward the end, I was preaching almost every Sunday. Because she couldn't preach like she used to. She couldn't do everything like she used to. But the only reason I was in place Amen. Was because she fed me when she could. She taught me while she could. She made time for me in her home while she could. There's going to come a day where Pastor ain't going to be able to see about y'all. Somebody going to have to see about Pastor. That's the mission. That's the mission. We have to learn what following God is really about. And following God is really about serving others. Show love. Serve God. Not good deeds. That ain't serving others. Not good deeds. Not right. But dedicating your life to serving others by sharing the good news. You can come on, JJ. But dedicating your life to serving others by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You can't tell people self-help. Right? You can't think your product that you pushing going to save people. You can't think that your wisdom that you giving out going to save people. You can't tell people what you feel. You can't tell them your ideals. But the gospel that's how you feed sheep. I was typing this out in the bed, this whole sermon out in the bed about 1.30 in the morning. And I I, I, could, I, could, I could feel the spirit. At last thing I put in my, my notes, I say, Lord, I pray 
that I saw the glory of everything you are into your people. Mission mode. I don't know what nuggets y'all got from this sermon. Amen. But if I had to sum it all, sum it all up, I would say, please, for the love of God, do not trust in your own strength. That's, that's not just afraid. Don't, don't just keep doing what you're doing and say, God, I trust you. Don't keep doing it your way and say, if not for God, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do this stuff. But really and truly, make him the mission. Make him the mission. Make sharing the gospel the mission. I'm a 